Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are very glad you've joined us this morning. We're going to be talking today about a topic that affects so very many families as well as veterans. And we have made a great emphasis on talking about complementary and alternative medicine options. Today we'll be talking with George Lindenfeld, who is a trauma expert and speaker. He's an author. And he has a very unique and amazing method of resetting the switch for PTSD with neuromodulation and reconsolidation in a program that is called RESET, R-E-S-E-T. And I would love to welcome George to our program today. Good morning, George. Good morning, and thank you for inviting me. Well, it's our pleasure. We are always looking for options for people to explore because there is no one-size-fits-all for trauma for many people. We have secondary trauma among family members and we also know that the standard methods work for some not for others but what you have done is taken the standard of care and taken it in a new direction and I wonder if you would talk in layman's terms, please, about how RESET is taking the standard of care that the VA uses, but giving it a twist and giving it an amazing outcome for the people that you've worked with. Over 100 veterans have had the ability to take their PTSD and watch it be managed very rapidly and safely. So tell us about RESET. I sure will. First of all, it stands for Reconsolidation Enhancement by Stimulation of Emotional Triggers. Okay. Now, that's a lot of words, but the, I'd like to take it down to a more understandable level. In the uh, VA and in the field of uh, psychology, psychiatry in general, there are currently two treatments that are viewed as gold standards. One of them is called cognitive behavioral therapy, and here the logical process of reasoning and rationality is to help one to overcome the emotional aspects of the limbic system of the brain. That's way deep in the brain. It's, it's called the old brain, and it protects us from threat perceived threat, real threat, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The second treatment is called prolonged exposure therapy, PET. And here one is to, with the therapist counselor, go over the incident over and over and over again so that the mind accepts it, reacts to it in a way that lessens the intensity of it. Now, unfortunately, recent research is showing that both of these approaches are not as effective as we thought they were. In fact, they're suggesting that perhaps they're effective 
in one-third of the cases, not effective in the other two-thirds. My take on this was to take this exposure therapy and remove it from the prolonged aspect, ask my veteran or a civilian that has been traumatized to light up that trauma in their brain. I call it a target. Mm -hmm. I want them to be in the target, experiencing it in the body, perceiving it in the mind as though it were happening right now, opening all the senses to it. I ask them to do this only one more time. And when the sound, it's called a neuromodulation sound, is adjusted to connect with that trauma, I use the word resonate, and a final dial is adjusted to create this sound effect, the emotional part of the trauma drops out. It's gone. It doesn't come back. Now, when we spoke prior to the program, you mentioned a, a very good visual that helped me to understand this better. Because I think there may be listeners who are thinking, wait a minute, you, you put a sound in my ear and suddenly emotionally I'm all fine. But you mentioned about these contacts. If you took a headphone and you moved one out of your ear, there's a different sound in either one, and you are modulating to react to the trigger that's been lighted up, the target that you have lighted up. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, but I think even before I do that, I'd like to explain what's going on in the brain, first beginning with memory. Okay. Now, previously, we would think of memory as being etched in stone, and then we had the concept of the file cabinet. You pull out the draw and you get the file. Then we began to think of the brain as being a computer, where it operated like a computer. And now we're looking into what is called neuronal circuits. Mm -hmm. So in memory, it has been learned, I would say, since 2000. This material is relatively new through neuroscientific studies that memory is restored each time it is brought up, whether it's conscious or unconscious. There is a chemical process that replaces it back again in the brain. Now, mind you, it might alter slightly. This is one of the reasons that eyewitnesses aren't very reliable mm -hmm. over time. But given that it restores each time it's brought up, by a car backfiring, by a nightmare, whatever it's going to be that brings it up, mm -hmm. that is a window of opportunity to alter that memory. Now, if we pair this special sound, it's called binaural, which means it sounds different in one ear than the other. The brain only hears it as, as one sound. And you tune that in correctly, to this trauma, we drop out the emotional component. So this is based on how the brain restores that traumatic information each time. Now, if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, you give me two different sounds and you, call, you just said, tune it correctly. 
what are you as the practitioner looking for as you're tuning? Because I know that you're in the process of training other practitioners to do this and that there are some around the United States. Correct. I'm, so how do you tune it? I'm closely monitoring facial expression, uh, respiration rate. Is the person um, breathing shallower? Mm-hmm. Are the muscles tightening? As the frequency is slowly adjusted so that it connects with, my term is resonate, mm-hmm. with that selected target. When it does, typically, the individual is going to recognize it. In some cases, they don't. I explain this uh, to the veteran. And at that point, if they are perceiving it, they're going to wave. That's a signal to me. Mm -hmm. So I have bodily and facial expression. I've got their awareness of it. And I do have some other procedures that I will utilize because truly some people experience a disconnect between their thinking and their bodily sensations. Okay. Okay. Now, this raises a question for those who um, have been trained, especially in the intelligence community, to, uh, to hide their outward appearance. Does that complicate when you're trying to do this? I think when one goes into that trauma, particularly if they are intently focusing on it, the defenses are inclined to diminish. However, I I truly believe there are some people that could hide that from anyone, but why would they want to be able to get rid of it and simultaneously hide it. So I would suspect that that type of person, if they wish to be free of a trauma, would find some vehicle through their bodily expression to show when that connection has been made. Mm-hmm. The mind is a very powerful thing. Yeah. So uh, as you looked at the prolonged exposure therapy, you took the parts of it that you felt were working but that the prolonged purpose was actually reinforcing those memories. Uh, And and we we hear this from veterans who say, I I don't want to go to PET anymore. It just, it makes me very uncomfortable. We have just about 30 seconds left. Can you say how you came to understand that there might be a better way? And then we'll continue that after the short break. Well, I came upon an article in a magazine called Wired. In fact, a patient called me in, and uh, I'll talk about that after our break. Okay. I I think that taking a look at the memory section of traumatic experience and taking a look and being able to alter it is so incredibly important because if the mind can accept that things are different, that the circumstances are different, then I think you are looking at the potential of a safe place, and we will talk more about that aspect of things, and triggers, and taking a look at taking a different view. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we will be back right after these short messages. We're 
Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. It's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, if there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. I'm here with George Lindenfeld, and we're talking about the RESET program for PTSD, trauma. It's used in veterans as well as first responders, and it's an amazing program that takes sound and triggers and exposure therapy and reduces the response uh, the response to the trauma Re- it's back to the neural connection so I don't want to take the words and put them in the wrong order so George before the break we were talking about how did you come to take PET which is prolonged exposure therapy which as you know is often not a terrific use for certain people who don't want a prolonged therapeutic session. They want relief and they want it soon and they want it now and they can understand steps to get there. But how did you come upon this? You mentioned an article in Wired Magazine. Take us from there. I can't give you the exact title of the article, but in effect, it was talking about imagine a pill that could alter memory and remove the traumatic aspect of it. Uh, Simultaneously, I was exploring the device that I use, which is called the BAUD, B-A-U-D, which stands for Bioacoustical Utilization Device. This was developed by a fellow named Dr. Frank Lawless. He's been on the Dr. Phil show 
numerous times. At any rate, I guess in my sleep, because that's where I tend to be most creative, <laughs> I, my mind put together that article and my interest in the bod. And the moment the light bulb lit up was that, my goodness, this sound can do the same thing as the pill. Huh. And that sent me on my mission. And my mission is to end the symptomatology of PTSD and begin to turn around the statistics of 22 veterans or active military killing themselves on a daily basis. And that's what I'm out to do. Well, it's a, it's a hugely needed service. And I'm sure that there are many listeners going, I have never heard of this. Where do I find help? And, and we will get into that. But first, let's go delve and unpack a little bit into when someone comes to you. When someone has come to you and says, I, I've tried therapy. It doesn't work. My life is hell. I, I need you to help me. Where, where do you begin? Well, first of all, I suggest that they remain skeptical. Okay. Because so many folks come in and the counselor or therapist tries to tell them this is going to help you, or this is going to do this. There's also the phenomena uh, that we're trained as therapists that we must establish trust before we can proceed to get to some of the deep hurt. And my perception of that is baloney. Many, Explain that. Explain well, that. So many of these veterans have involved in so many different treatments, use so many different medications. The medications alter their personality. They're not who they are or who they were. Uh, they don't know what they are anymore. So to try to tell someone like that, trust me, I'm going to take care of this for you, mm. and then it inevitably fails. I'm going to give you another perspective I have. Talk therapy doesn't work with trauma. It works after the trauma is defanged or the fear switch is turned off. Mm -hmm. Then talking makes sense. At any rate, the person comes in apprehensive, probably through pressure of someone else, like a wife that's saying, you've got to do something or we can't be together. Right. Or some other pressure for it from outside the individual. At any rate, they come in and they say, what are you going to do for me? And I tell them, stay skeptical. You're going to tell me if this is doing something to you. Let's get at it. Let's try it. So I don't even want to hear about the trauma. I don't want the details of the trauma. And I'm going to tell you why. The vets tell me, that the trauma is like a cobra's poison. Mm -hmm. I don't want to catch that poison. Therapists burn out that deal with trauma therapy patients day after day after day. Just like families get infected with this cobra's poison. The secondary trauma is what you're referring to, right? Yes, ma'am. That's what it's called, secondary okay. trauma. Okay. So, I can take the energy by having the person that's coming in for assistance keep that inside 
light it up inside, that makes it so much easier for me to get the correct frequencies that I need to be able to proceed with this treatment. I tell them that trust is going to come after you've had the treatment. It isn't necessary before. Now that has to be so unusual for someone to hear because you're absolutely right. Everyone goes in, they say, I know you won't like this process, but at the end you will be all better, which we all know is not accurate. Um, but we've also been told that PTSD cannot be cured. It can only be managed. Are you saying this is a method of management and that it lasts? Or is this something that has to be an ongoing experiential treatment? I'm going to differentiate two different types. Okay. Uh, if one has experienced childhood abuse and then joins the military, and indeed there are many that have done that, mm -hmm. that is called complex therapy. Right. So that will take a little more time to peel off the layers of the onion skin, if you will, and one would expect a course of treatment to do that with increasing uh, sense of confidence, of empowerment, of becoming a person again. But remember, this person had some damage from the beginning, so mm -hmm. it takes some time for them to find themselves. The individual, let's say, that was relatively healthy before they went into the service, fairly free of trauma, although we all have our little boo-boos, that kind of person may go into remission rapidly. That could be within 15 to 20 minutes of treatment. Good heavens. So now, if something happens that quickly, that you can remove the emotional aspects of the trauma from them. They won't forget that this occurred, but they will no longer have the physical and emotional reactions to it. Is this also combined with standard talk therapy for ongoing treatment, or is this something that can be done several times, or in the case of complex therapy, for a longer period of time to un uncover uh, the other pieces or is this a standalone therapy or treatment? Well, it can be either or. Um, the therapists I train, I suggest to them that first they need to set aside everything they've ever heard okay. to be able to get into this. But then when they develop mastery of the circuitry of the brain uh -huh. and the neuronal network of the brain, which I'll describe shortly, then they can integrate the theory that they were trained in and get very nice results thereafter. Now I have to ask, as you talk to therapists about this, and I believe you told me there are roughly 300 in the United States now, although you are looking into training many more, how do they respond when you discuss this with them? I know that the vets or first responders or family members are, you tell them to remain skeptical, so they come to you skeptical. How do the therapists view you at first? The same way, but <laughs> they're interested because they truly want to help people with trauma, mm -hmm. and their experience has been that it's hard to help that type of individual. So I also ask them to stay skeptical. 
I additionally ask them to not use the word feel or think. And that is very, very hard for a therapist to do. Mm-hmm. Now, mean, when you okay. say that part, <clears throat> does that require untraining before they can go to the next step? It requires awareness. Okay. So, for example, when they're interviewing either a mock patient, mm-hmm. I use actors for that, by the way. Okay. And toward the end of the training, I've used volunteer veterans with PTSD, the real thing, for the individual to pick up <clears throat> and then follow. Uh, so they have true experience of helping someone. <clears throat> but at any rate, initially, they're interviewing this person and explaining the procedures. And I'm sitting there marking every time they use the word feel or think. And they receive feedback at the end of it. Mm-hmm. You use the word feel 34 times and you've used think 57 times. <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure are, that it's not an easy transition. I mean, even if they're willing... You know, that's that's ingrained. It's almost muscle memory. Yes, absolutely. So as the let's let's continue on talking about this until we get to the break and then we'll come back as you're talking to counselors and they experience this uh, relief um, either with themselves, because I would imagine, as you said, therapists burn out and they have the secondary trauma as well from hearing these stories and and experiencing trying to help other people are they first uh candidates for it before they are trained to do it i like them to experience it yes and particularly since they don't have to reveal the details they select the target they go through the tuning in process so yes i would like them to have that personal experience Now, you just mentioned something really incredible, and we'll come back to that after the break because we have only about 20 seconds, but they don't have to reveal the details. There will be people listening who say, really, I don't have to reveal every awful detail. I simply have to experience it. Would that be accurate? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, We are going on a short break now, and we will be back in just a few seconds. We're here with George Lindenfeld talking about trauma and the reset program for PTSD. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Sacred Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom in 
ingenuity and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Valentine's Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion about the reset program for PTSD and being able to remove the triggered emotional aspects through a very unique program using sound and highly trained specialists who are really taking a look at the neuronal, your, your brain connections, and taking advantage of the circuitry of the brain. Let's go back to what we talked about before the break when we first started discussing the fact that you did not have to reveal the details. One of the complaints that I often hear from vets and their family members who have secondary trauma is that if they relocate or they need to change therapists, they then have to relive it again and again and again, telling their stories to people. If I hear you correctly, what you're saying is they come into therapy. They go through the process of feeling uh, what that felt like, uh, the trauma felt like, the exposure, as though it's happening right now. But it's happening in a safe place. And you are there with the BOD device, closely monitoring them. And they don't need to reveal the details of the trauma. This would remove some of the impediments to getting therapy, if, if I'm looking at this correctly, because they don't have to go through it again and again and again and again. And you mentioned the suicide um, numbers, and they're way too high. But so many times, even when you call a suicide line, someone will ask you to repeat what it is that's bothering you or, or go over it again and again and again. And that can be more than just traumatizing to go through it again. It can get people thinking that no one cares because it's all in the record. So why don't you read your records? So talk about that aspect. Correct. Uh, I'm going to expand a little bit on the uh, term I used earlier about the COBRA. Okay. 
be quite candid with y'all, the vets call it the pissed off cobra. And pardon my rudeness, but that's, that's okay. what they say it is. <laughs> they don't want to show that to others because they lose control when they do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they were to be aware that you can keep it inside, you mentioned the word safe place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a safe place, but I don't want them to feel safe. I want them to be in it mm-hmm. as fully and totally as they can. That's what lights up this limbic system part of the brain, and that gives me something to tune into. I mentioned earlier the neuronal network of PTSD. I want to explain that real okay. quick. When you have a trauma, part of the of your brain, it's called the free prefrontal area Mm -hmm. becomes deactivated. That's where you do complex thinking. So all of a sudden, you're coming home from your tour and you can't multitask anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can do one thing at a time, but you try to do a number of things and it's not working. Those around you ask you to express yourself what's going on Well, in trauma, the speech center of the brain deactivates. Mm -hmm. So, one, you're not understanding fully what people are saying. And two, you're not expressing yourself as fully as you used to. You just can't get it out. Mm -hmm. We know the limbic system activates, which means you're in a constant fight, flight, freeze mode. And also an area of your brain that's called Brodman's 19. Mm-hmm. Pardon me for the technical. But this is the area that sets off the, the nightmares, the flashbacks. I mean, it's real. You're there, man. Mm. All of these things are going on simultaneously. You're a different person. Your wiring has changed. Now, when this sound happens, it resets... And I'm talking about cases where it's just been trauma in the war war theater, not Mm -hmm. a lifetime. It resets it back to the pre-trauma level. You become the person again that you were. It's amazing. I see it in the eyes. They become human eyes again Mm -hmm. instead of glass-covered eyes, glazed. The thousand-yard stare. Yeah, it's amazing to see it. Now, that is, you know, the the most common comment that family members, spouses, and partners say is uh, he or she is different. They're not the person I knew. They're not who we thought he or she was. And relationships suffer. And as you mentioned, it can also be Uh, I don't like to use the word contagious, but in some ways you do take on secondary trauma if you're living with someone that is erratic in the way that they are trying to tamp down this this poisonous, pissed-off cobra, and yet they're not able to express what's going on. So relationships and talking is often the first cue. So you're mentioning about the wiring has changed. Talk more about the sounds, if you would, and maybe use an example of um, one of the vets that you've helped. 
Certainly. The sound is irritating for many. Amazingly, some like it. It's described as buzzing bees. Okay. Um, I'll read you a little bit from uh, one of the Marines that was in a front page article here in the Sarasota Herald Tribune. Okay. His name is Wade Risha. And, okay, Wade is clearly now fully engaged internally in the fight or flight place by revisiting the atrocity that fused his memory circuits and consolidated that horrific encounter into his emotional hard drive. Finally, taking hand signal cues from Wade, Dr. Lindenfeld then tunes in a binaural pulse that prevents the trauma from reconsolidating back once again to its original disabilitating state. As a trial to ensure that the settings were indeed resonating with the targeted trauma, the disruptor signal was run for five silent minutes. Then Wade was asked to revisit the triggering event once more. He reported having trouble getting there. It's kind of foggy. It's like there's a cloud in my way. It's just pieces now. It's really fuzzy. It's kind of strange. At this point, the session is over. I, I mean, I, I am without speech, as they say. So this takes and disrupt I love it when you use the words disruptive signal because that makes sense that says that we are taking advantage of the circuitry of the brain and with this irritating buzzing disruptive signal it's not like hypnosis where you have to hear this again to have the reaction correct that is correct okay so if this takes place in such a rapid amount of time, does it also sustain? My experience is yes, it does. I call it remission. Okay. Of so, those I've been involved with, I haven't had anyone go into um, return to that trauma experience. They've all remained in remission. Okay. Now, when you say in remission, if I'm a family member and I'm listening, I'm thinking, okay, you mean that they're not going to have those terrible uh, nightmares. They are not going to flail out at me with anger and disruptive speech with no filters. Or does it mean that crowds, they still don't care for crowds, but it doesn't trigger them into a get out of here mode. Talk about some of the reactions to normal triggers after your therapy. As you will read in uh, Wade's article, you can also... I'll post the article when we uh, post the program. You can see his transformation back to a normal human being. His uncle was concerned that he was... Uh, Wade was getting close to considering taking his own life. Um, the treatment transformed him into a social human being again. He became involved with others actively, no longer had flashbacks, no nightmares, became the person he was before. 
you know, just being able to get sleep is is a miracle for many of our veterans. I mean, they've just given up on thinking sleep is possible. They'll try mindfulness and yoga and breathing and uh, CPAP machines and you name it. Yes. But it's not, I mean, just getting sleep and restorative rest, that alone is helpful. Talk more about the social engagement. How does a family member feel after this has been done? Well, I sometimes advise the family member to also get rid of the cobra's poison mm-hmm. and maybe have a quick session themselves because remember, they, they become skeptical. A little bit of paranoia comes in. You know, is this person going to continue night patrol in the house mm-hmm. every night to make sure we're not going to be invaded? Mm-hmm. Um, family members have to adjust too because once again, they've been infected by this poison. So the whole family system may want to consider being reset back to a place where they can begin to trust and love each other again. I'd like to remind you that when you are locked in a fight, flight, or freeze mode, that is a defensive position. You're defending against intrusion. You don't grow as a person. Mm-hmm. You're stifled. So you're saying that with the reset program, you're going to be able to have post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth. You're going to have growth. Okay. <laughs> there we go. We will be back after a few short messages, and we're talking to Dr. George Lindefeld. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. The Woohoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles, 
wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with George Lindenfeld about the reset program for PTSD and getting rid of the emotional response to the traumatic event. I erroneously said earlier that there are 300 practitioners in the country. That's wrong. Um, George has said that it's the BOD system, the sound system, has been used by 300 practitioners. He is in the process of training. He has six people in the Sarasota area, therapists, that are trained and is in the process of doing more. Talk to us, too, about the fact that, well, I'll ask you the question. Have you taken this and shown it to VA and the success that you've had with it? And what was their response? I have uh, attempted to introduce this to the VA, given that they're using exposure therapy. And this is such, in my mind, a simplistic next step to help so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, the requirements are that this must be research-based. Okay. And so I've embarked on doing that. Currently, myself and a colleague here in Sarasota, his name is Dr. George Roselle, are in the process of submitting an IRB, mm-hmm. which stands for Independent Review Board, uh, it's a human research uh, committee that gives approval to studies. Right. We are planning to study 36 combat vets in the Sarasota area who have PTSD from different theaters, such as Vietnam, Operation Enduring Freedom, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, in groups of 12, and get the information that's going to be necessary to break through the bureaucracy. So what you're saying is that you have taken it to the VA, but until the studies are done, that isn't happening. When will these studies take place, and is it going to be in the Sarasota area only at this point? Well, yeah, that's where the study will be conducted. And in fact, the six therapists I've trained mm-hmm. will be the providers to the uh, veterans. Okay, they'll be the investigators for the trial? Right. And mind you, these people that are trained uh, vary in their levels of expertise. Mm -hmm. So we have three doctoral psychologists. We've got uh, uh, folks with master's degrees in varied uh, mental health specialties. Mm -hmm. So it's not just at the you must be a doctor level. There's too many people out there with this condition. We need to find out if master's level therapists can help as well, my experience is they absolutely can. I am pleased to hear that because so often there are impediments to people getting help when the biggest requirement, and in addition to obviously a sufficient amount of training, is that you care. And you can never pay people to care. But 
with the mission of doing this, you're not allowing certain, I'll call it credentialing, um, to get in the way of stopping this type of therapy to be do, to be done. So presumably, if you are finding these same results with what I'll call entrenched PTSD, if you're going back to Vietnam vets where it's over 40 years in duration, as well as OAF, OEF, um, and post 9-11 veterans, and you really are taking a look across the spectrum of PTSD where you will, I imagine, have some complex PTSD, some where there was childhood trauma compounded by combat trauma. Are you taking that into consideration as you look at your study? Well, in the study itself, we're seeking people that did not have complex conditions prior to their military service. Makes sense. The reason, the reason for that is it's not that we don't want to assist that person, but we want the study to have uh, similarities across right. the different cohort groups. Right. So the protocol is that it will be, um, I don't want to call it simple PTSD, but it will be straight PTSD, combat PTSD. That's correct. Uh, I think one thing that is intriguing to me is that I I know that there are many, many therapists who need this and medical practitioners. So presumably, as you do this study for the veterans, you also have plans in the future to have this cadre of people be able to offer this not only to veterans, but I would imagine to first responders, to other therapists and medical professionals. Because if, it, if trauma care can be transformed by being able to refer someone or do it themselves through a new test that doesn't take that much time and can be instituted as a standard of care, you would be able to touch thousands more. Because so many, this is like the tip of an iceberg. We know our veterans have difficulty. We're only recently talking about first responders. And I think that the secondary trauma is, is a larger number altogether. Let me give you an example of uh, first responder um, thinking that okay. I have, Linda. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that we have, uh, let's pick a firehouse. And uh, all of us have had our little trauma boo-boos. So each of those uh, fellows or ladies tune into their circuit, if you will. Mm -hmm. So we have the settings. Now you go out on a call and a terrible trauma that impacts you. You've got to deal with it. You deal with it. You come back to the station. You take your baud. You put your settings on, you listen to that sound for 15 to 20 minutes, you don't get PTSD. So it's preventive? Yes, ma'am. That's incredible. So are you also saying if we put this into military treatment or if it's in the field that after you come out from you've gone outside the wire, you've had a traumatic event, presuming there's nothing medically wrong that needs dealing with, if you came back and did that in the theater, that you could keep people healthier while in combat? Yes. (laughs) Think about that potential. Um, That's amazing. Uh, I, I really do hope that this is one of the reasons we're exposing this 
therapy today is because if things can be made that simple through our greater knowledge of the brain circuitry, which we are coming to know. We're, we're coming to know that there are hormones that are affected by the circuitry. We are coming to understand certain glandular fatigue from um, trauma. There are many experiences, both physical and psychological, from trauma. So what you're saying I've got this correctly, is that this method is non-invasive and very sustaining in terms of its results. Is that yes. accurate to say? That is accurate. Now let me go further. Okay. I have not mentioned comorbid conditions. Okay. PTSD. PTSD is my mission, if you will. Mm-hmm. But this is also used to treat depression. Chronic pain, addiction, survivor's guilt, you name it. It's a whole new way of perceiving altering behavior. Does it also help those who have uh, a traumatic brain injury with the comorbid PTSD? I don't know. Okay, good answer. So far, my answer is no. Okay. But it would address the PTSD aspect. Yes. I haven't really fully explored that. Now, I'm a neurofeedbacker, and I think neurofeedback using EEG, electroencephalogram, Mm -hmm. in other words, the electrical signals of the brain, Mm -hmm. helps a great deal with traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. I just don't know enough yet to tell you that neuromodulation can do anything. That's okay. If you can touch PTSD, depression, addiction, survivor's guilt, something else we would talk about would be moral injury, another yes. aspect of PTSD, that would be huge and, and would really offer a great deal of hope to people. How do they find out, how do our listeners find out more um from you as to how to participate in the study if they're in your local area, how to explore this in terms of asking their practitioners to be uh, tested, uh, or not tested, trained, pardon me. Well, they, how, do they, how do they reach you? They uh, certainly can keep up with me through my uh, LinkedIn um, connection. Okay, and your profile? On, yes, on LinkedIn I have a... Um, group called Reset Therapy, mm-hmm. and from time to time I will post newly emerging information with that group. I have a uh, couple of articles published that can give you um, a more logical flow of what this therapy is based on, mm-hmm. and if you look up my name and uh, academia.com, EDU, I have two articles there where I'm the primary author. Okay. One is called Resetting the Fear Switch, and the second is Brain on Fire. Now, talk about your books, because you have written books, and oftentimes that's a good way for people to reach out and, and learn more, because you're obviously still in the process of training additional practitioners to do this. So talk about the book names. Now, I want to give you my strategy behind this. Okay. Banking my head into bureaucratic walls for two or three years. (laughs) 
convinced me that I want to get my message out to the consumer. And in this case, I'm talking about the combat veteran with PTSD mm-hmm. and it's her family. And so that's what my first book was written for. I'm going to record it in audio, but the title of it is PTSD Symptoms Reversed Permanently. That'll grab attention. That's on Amazon, and the cost of it is, I think, like $3. uh, I'm sorry. uh, $4.70, something. No worries. They can go to Amazon to find that out. George, I think this information is just amazing, and I think most of us will be sitting here keeping our fingers crossed that you are able to train many more practitioners to do this, because were this to be taken into the VA and trained and utilized, I think we would see remarkable transformation of our combat veterans. Thank you for listening today, George. It was a pleasure to have you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Thank you for listening to Military Network Radio. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 